If you guys remember last Monday how somber the mood was on this podcast, well, the script has been flipped. Your boy went 4-1 and one in the Super Contest, 3-2 and two in college football. Folks, I don't want to brag. Andrew Lynch, stop laughing at me. I was gambling on the NBA last week. Five nights, five nights I won money. I hope to get you to the window. And oh boy, I can't wait to talk about the Todd Gurley conspiracy theory. Let's go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Coming Up Winners Podcast. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. A little bounce in my voice today, a little bounce in my step. Feeling good, Andrew Lynch. You had a positive weekend gambling, did you not? Yeah, there's nothing like going three and four in your gambling bets and still making money. J-Mac, what did we say? You have a bad week, you keep going, you gamble, you double down literally sometimes in these cases, and we make money. Let's go. I'm yeah. just, the World Series is over. Congratulations to the Boston Red no, Sox. No, no congratulations to the Red Sox. I mean, I lost my, <laughs> you know, Yankees to win the AL yes. bet. Finally, that's fine. It's just great. I, it's been a great gambling weekend. A lot of really close games back and forth. The lines were great this past weekend. I just, I'm in a great mood as a gambler as we move into Monday night to wrap up week eight and then week nine in the NFL next week. We will talk about the Monday night game. There isn't much to say, Patriots, Bills, but I found a gambling angle for you. We'll get to that later. We also are going to talk about this Todd Gurley conspiracy theory. Also, there's big news in the NFL, Mr. Lynch. Hugh Jackson has been fired, happened about 20 minutes ago, and the Browns' offensive coordinator as well was fired. The line for their game against the Chiefs is skyrocketing to the moon. We'll get into all that, but first, we've got to start as we do every Monday on this podcast. What did you learn? Mr. Lynch, why don't you get us started? I learned that Todd Gurley is a football genius. You know, I grew up playing the Madden football games, like I'm sure most of our listeners did, and there was nothing more disheartening than when you try to let an opponent score so you can get the ball back for one final possession and you're losing, and they just take a knee right at the goal line. And that's what Todd Gurley did. I saw Gurley making for the end zone. I literally stood up and pumped my fist. I was like, here we go. Rams minus seven and a half is going to cover. And I turned around and saw him hitting the ground and screamed, but also had to appreciate it. Like, that's the smart play. That's what you do there to guarantee victory. So it hurt my soul that I missed on the, the Rams to cover against the Packers there. But bravo to you, Todd Gurley. That's just, that's just smart football. Uh, I will kind of agree with you. Listen, it was the right football play. That's undeniable, Lynch. However, for the gamblers who are, you know, very upset today, and listen, it's not just a side, Lynch. This was the total impacted. There were, if you want to get into it, fantasy football implications. You could go big picture. Listen, Todd Gurley didn't rush for a touchdown yesterday. You know, uh, you know, if you're looking at the MVP race. Now, Gurley had a good game receiving uh, and on the ground 114 yards. Producer Conrad is super hot on this topic. Now, I will say, folks, he's usually a quiet guy. He's a little younger than us. Remember a couple weeks ago, he wanted to bail on gambling. He's bounced back strong. Producer Conrad, give us your conspiracy theory. Guys, try not to laugh, but this is interesting. On Todd Gurley... Taking a knee, giving himself up when he could have scored. Now, let me just quickly say, the line in the Super Contest was 9.5, would not have been impacted. However, the line came down to 7.5 by kickoff, meaning if Gurley gets into the end zone, 
anybody who backed the Rams would have won. All right, Conrad, take it away. All right, listen, guys. There's no doubt in my mind that it was the correct play to make. We all know as football fans that you make the right play. You give it a 0% chance of losing that football game if you fall down right before the goal line. I understand that. But if you're also trying to tell me that these guys don't know the spread, I get the whole over-under thing. That'd be a whole different story because I don't even know that most games. I have to go and check. There's no way they know that stuff. But if you're telling me that football players don't know when they're underdogs, there's a reason they know they're underdogs. It's because the spread. Aaron Rodgers knew yesterday he was a seven, seven and a half point underdog. Well, they he, talked about it during the week. No, yeah, yeah no absolutely. Doubt about that. And I'm telling you what, right now, if you're Todd Gurley, you're out here chasing stuff. All right. You might have got your contract, but I guarantee you there's incentives out there that'll say, hey, you get this many that's touchdowns, point. you break a touchdown record, you get this amount of money. So you're telling me right now that that's an easy touchdown that looks great on the stat sheet. Your fantasy football owners are happy, which I know players don't care about, no matter what anyone says. I know they don't care because I personally don't even care about your guys' fantasy football teams. <laughs> so why would Todd Gurley? I'm just saying when there is something on the line like this where the spread can be completely taken over, where the Rams are win, which they were for the most part the public team last week, correct? I would say... The public was actually, I think the public was more on the Packers. I don't have numbers, Lynch. Maybe you can pull them up. But let me ask, before you go further, did you have the Rams in this or did you have the Packers? Well, of course I had the Rams ah, in this. Okay, all right. Now, Lynch, you have some pushback on the conspiracy theories. Just so you know, I do like a good conspiracy theory. I think it's fun. This one may be a little out of bounds, but I still enjoy an out of bounds conspiracy theory. Yeah, I'm going to reference my good friend William of Ockham, a 14th century Franciscan wow. friar who, gave, who studied logic and gave us one of the greatest things you will ever learn in your life, which is Ockham's razor. In the lack of evidence to the contrary, the simplest explanation tends to be the right one. The simplest explanation here is Todd Gurley wanted to win the football game and is probably going to be more incentivized by wins and Super Bowl shares and playoff shares than he is going to be by whether he scores that touchdown. And frankly, if I'm Todd Gurley, I'm not worried about that touchdown because I think I'm the best running back in the world, rightfully so, and I'm going to score another 8, 9, 10 touchdowns later this season. I got a whole lot of opportunities to keep scoring. Conspiracy theories are fun. They really are. They are. I am the least conspiratorially minded person on the planet probably I'd be willing to wager on that is there a chance Todd Gurley had millions of dollars on that line and decided you know no, I'm not no, 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 like no, but that so that that's my now. thing is like what does he gain right. in, it's in a conspiracy what does he gain by choosing to not cover the spread. It's a fun topic. I mean, I, I will... You want to... No, I'm Conrad just saying, when was the last time you guys ever remember one play? And I know that there's a lot of plays that actually determine the final outcome of a game. But when was the last time there was one play that determined both the side and the well, total? okay, do you remember... I think it was... Uh, might have been Ezekiel Elliott, but there was a running back who took a knee on the one-yard line a couple years ago. I wish I could remember his name. And it impacted me because I lost on it. Do you happen to know who that was? I forget it as well, but this kind of thing does happen. It's a smart football play. All right, let's move on. What did I learn this weekend? Ladies and gentlemen, the Washington Redskins are legit. I got some staggering numbers here for you. Number one, and this is crazy, during this three-game win streak they have, Lynch, they faced Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, and Saquon Barkley. Three of the top eight running backs in the league, maybe top ten. They've allowed 31 rushes, 91 yards combined. That's staggering. Now, we know this run defense, they invested it in the draft, and that front four is nasty. Jim Tomsula, remember him, 49ers old coach, he's coaching up that O-line. They also had seven sacks of Eli Manning 
And the number that kills me here, if you're looking at futures that we talk about, the Redskins have the easiest schedule of anybody in the NFL the rest of the way. They play one team above 500 and the Eagles twice. So, you know, that schedule is manageable. I'm telling you, Washington, they already had their bye, so they're as healthy as they can be. But this is going to be a bet on team. They host Atlanta, visit Tampa, which is in shambles, face Houston. You never know what you're getting from Houston. They got another game against the Giants. The Jaguars look like frauds. Tennessee's up and down. This is a very manageable schedule for Alex Smith to get to the playoffs. One question. Are you at all concerned that you might be overreacting to them beating one of the worst teams in football in the New York Giants? Well, no. Legitimately. It's, it's three weeks in a row. I mean, this is consistent. They also took out Aaron Rodgers earlier this season. Now, there is a stretch, November, December, where they play four road games in five weeks. And if I could quickly just toss this in, we're not going to get into the Ravens. The only game I missed in the Super Contest. I misread that game, guys, and I, this is what ticks me off. In the process, you go through everything. Spot, injuries, uh, who's next, uh, when's the bye week, coming off the bye, going into the bye, all that stuff. And I missed this on the Ravens. They were playing their fourth road game in five weeks. And I just totally missed that, and they looked tired. Okay, they take a 7 nothing lead in that game against the Panthers. And they give up 27 straight points. The best defense in the NFL. Now, Lynch, I should have listened to you. A good offense trumps a good defense now. we That should have been something I learned. Do you have another thing you learned this weekend, Lynch? I want to get to my next one after you. All you, my friend. You All got, okay. you. Okay, all right. The Indianapolis Colts are going to be a bet on team. And ladies and gentlemen, they could, could be going to the playoffs. And that is not hyperbole. But Lynch, when I look at this team, they've gotten healthy. Okay. Getting much better. They have a bye week now to get healthier. They had a new head coach, a little new system. Remember when Andrew Luck was throwing like 50 passes a game? Marlon Mack, the last two weeks, has been a machine since he's gotten healthy. They got their left tackle back. I know it's only the Bills and the Raiders, two bad teams. But they're scoring a lot of points, and Marlon Mack has rushed for 258 yards in the last two weeks. You can run the ball. They're winning in the trenches. Keep an eye on the Indianapolis Colts. I just think it's a team that I would be betting on. I like Frank Reich. They're healthy. Lynch, they got they, they, three tight ends are killing teams. Pop quiz. I want you to answer this one off the top of your head within three Not seconds. Not looking at the computer. Not looking at the computer. The Indianapolis Colts have a bye in week nine. Week 10, they host the reeling, maybe, maybe the right word, Jacksonville Jaguars. What's that line? One so Mississippi. I would assume the Jags are off London, so the Jags will be a bye too, right? So both teams coming off a bye, and the Colts are at home. I would assume Colts plus one. With, the line's not out yet. I just kind of wanted okay. to get a, a Yeah, I mean, listen, the numbers guys still like the Jaguars. They, they, they do. They love the Jags. They think this team is good. And maybe they get healthy off the London game. We know A.J. Bouye missed that game. The secondary was bad. But... I don't see how you can trust Blake Bortles. It looks like the team doesn't trust him. Did you watch that game, Lynch? Oh, I watched that game. I mean, it was a situation, and I had Eagles in that, but it was a situation where they didn't want Bortles to throw in the first half. He was running a lot. And then in the second half, all of a sudden they had him throwing because they were playing from behind. I, I, Jacksonville, 3-5. and five. I believe that since 2006, if you're 3-5, and five, you have like an 8% chance of getting to the playoffs. I think they're done. Are they done for the season, the Jags? I here's the thing I will like they probably are I don't know with Blake Bortles maybe Blake Bortles comes out and throws you know 10 touchdown passes over the next three weeks oh uh, well I, he did have four or whatever against the uh, Patriots uh, but let me quickly say on the playoffs uh the two wild card teams right now 
in the AFC, the Chargers at five and two. Okay, and I guess the Bengals at five and three. So the Jags are significantly behind those teams. I think they're cooked. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're still putting meat on that bone. You take this home, throw it in a pot, add some broth, a potato, baby. You got a stew going. On to put up or shut up. You know the game. You know the drill at this point. Hashtag put up or shut up. I will bet my money against you. You don't lose anything. You just got to speak glowingly on social media and give us a nice review on iTunes. By the way, just give me an iTunes review regardless. I, even if I even if you win the bet, we like those. And listen, they matter in the rankings and for advertising and all that fun stuff. So thank you for the reviews. As for put up or shut up, your boy went one and two. Foolishly, I bet against LeBron on Thursday. That was dumb. They beat the Nuggets outright, so that's a loss. At Dr. Z Dre, I will be sending you 10 bucks after this podcast. I took another L. The Ravens at Carolina. That was never close. Congratulations at Shorns 3. Easy winner for you. That was a no-sweat game. I did get one win, and it was also kind of a no-sweat at Fraction James, the Saints at Vikings. Finally, I picked up a win. No sweat there. Saints roll in the second half. So at Fraction James, shoot that tweet to uh, Andrew Lynch and I and hop on iTunes and give us that awesome review. Remember, folks, you got several days until Thursday. We will bet either top 25 games, and I'm sure somebody's going to bet Alabama-LSU. We will definitely talk about that game Thursday. Uh, or any NFL game. Or I will gamble against you in an NBA game Thursday night. Just remember the hashtag, put up or shut up. You must be the Monopoly guy. Hey, thanks for the free parking. All right, this is the portion of the podcast where we eat some humble pie. What were you thinking? Lynch, uh, not great for you. Listen, uh, money lines, we'll get into all of them. Uh, let's get started with Packers-Rams, right? We did discuss it a bit earlier. Listen, I we were both on the Rams here at nine and a half. What's weird with gambling is again, if Gurley scores, they go up eight. Then they kick the extra point. And it's nine, and it's like, wow, Vegas knew something. But that's just one of those crazy endings you can't anticipate. I could never have envisioned the Rams' offense starting in a ten nothing deficit, five punts to open the game, and then they storm back and win. Like it's just a crazy game. Yeah, listen. We took the loss here, but I still kind of like the process, especially because one of my big reasons for taking the Rams on such a big number was because of Mike McCarthy. And yeah, the, the Packers came out and they had a really good first quarter game plan. They ran the ball really well, exposed what might be the one weakness in this Rams team and their run defense. And then they just went away from it in the second quarter. Mike and, McCarthy. And that's to me like you have to look at this entire game as kind of one part of a a larger picture here. If you were to play out that game a hundred times, that's probably the, to me, that's one of the best case scenarios for the Packers. I just, I took the loss here. I'm kind of okay with it. Cause again, I just think the Rams were the far superior team there and the Packers kind of, they found their level is the best way that I can say it in that game. And if that game continues to go six, eight quarters, the Rams probably win 20, 30 points. It's yeah. just, they're such a far superior team. Very good, strong squad, undefeated. Next up, Eagles at Jaguars. I mean, the game was in London. Jacksonville was at home, which they are in London. And, uh, you know, for the first time in three years, they took an L in London. Now, Lynch, this one 
was ugly in the first half. They were, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars led, was it 6-3 right before half, and then there was that late touchdown by the Eagles that kind of vaulted the momentum their way. You had Blake Bortles. Are you done betting on Blake Bortles? I got to ask. Never. Although I will probably have to reassess things. No, I mean, it's a week-to-week thing. I, you know, you have to look at the matchups. You have to see whether that Jaguars defense can potentially cover whatever the spread might be. I will say this. What was I thinking during these games? I now know what purgatory feels like. Huh. You know, what? I had I had money on Blake Bortles, Joe Flacco, and Baker Mayfield on Sunday, Ooh. and you're just sitting there going, "Man, I hope I can work enough to maybe work to the next level or eventually get to gambling heaven here." But likely, I'm just going to sit here and you know hope I just don't go to gambling hell. It, it really is purgatory it, when you got money on all three of those guys. Yeah, you know, and that's part of taking underdogs. Sometimes you're going to get some dogs with fleas, and those three quarterbacks have a lot of fleas. One quick takeaway from this game. Last year, we know Jags were seconds away from getting to the Super Bowl. 68% in the red zone, number one in the NFL. They're 30th now, Lynch, this year. Look at that drop-off. 68% touchdowns in the red zone, down to 41. I think some of that's Leonard Fournette, right? He hasn't played. Now, the Eagles were number two last year. 64%. They've fallen to 17th. They're struggling in the red zone. Again, no running back. I know it's a passing league, but having a running back helps. Just jot this down somewhere, Conrad Lynch, everybody listening. The Eagles lost both their tackles during that game. Okay, Jason Peters went down. Lane Johnson, Cardo. They had several injuries to the offensive line. Keep that in mind before you make an instant play. Oh, the Eagles are back. They do have a bye week, and maybe they get healthy, but they come out against the Cowboys, who have been awesome on the defensive line. File that one away. Finally, Lynch, uh, Brown Steelers. You know, I, I, I feel bad that you were on Baker Mayfield here. He looked kind of lost. Lost is a good word for it. I just He was under pressure on every single drop back. This Cleveland offense just... Well, I guess I shouldn't say this Cleveland offense is anything because who knows what they're going to be next week. They fire their head coach. They fire their offensive coordinator. But to this point, this Cleveland offense is just, it's just a giant albatross that's dragging down what's otherwise a very good defense. That's I believe plus 11 in turnover margin on the season, you know, forced the Steelers into some pretty bad turnovers on Sunday, but Brown's going to Browns. Yeah. Brown's number one in the NFL in turnover margin plus 11. And they're, Two, five, and one. That's unheard of, literally. Uh, I got this stat off social media. Since 2006, there have been 38 teams with a plus eight turnover margin through eight weeks. 38 teams. Guess how many had a losing record? Zero. Correct. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are such an abnormal. I mean, it's unbelievable how inept they are on offense. Hugh Jackson's an offensive guy. By the way, was four. <laughs> I think he's cooked as a as a head coach. Four point oh yards per play against the Pittsburgh defense. That's not very good. Now I will say this: Mike Tomlin off a bye. They were down six nothing at the end of the first quarter. This team is still undisciplined. The turnovers. Uh, how do you get a safety and then not know on the kickoff that it's a live football? That is, I'm telling you guys, be careful with Mike Tomlin. There were some minor sweats there for me in the third quarter. Lynch, your quick thoughts on the Hugh Jackson firing. Does that impact your betting uh, You know, thoughts going forward? They're also down their offensive coordinator, uh, Todd Haley. He's been canned as well. Oh, it absolutely does. I think we're going to look at this uh, Kansas City versus Cleveland line in uh, week nine here in a minute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, chaos is a good thing if you're a gambler. Uh, <laughs> says the smart man. All right, let's quickly go through our money line picks. Lynch, 
Bingo! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You had Seattle. Yeah, clearly the superior team to the Lions there. You could have gotten them a plus three and, you know, kind of played it safe, but that line on the money line ended up ticking to plus 135 before kickoff. There's no such thing as free money in the NFL that, you know, the whole any given Sunday thing tr- holds true. But that felt like a really, really solid play. Yeah. And listen, we do beat ourselves up here when we're bad. And we also got to say when we nail it. And dude, we nailed this game. If you go back and listen to Thursday's podcast, we had it soup to nuts. This was going to be a running game. They were going to dominate. They're healthy again. KJ right back at linebacker. Keep an eye on Seattle. Now, the schedule gets tougher. But healthy. They're adjusted now to Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive genius. No, he's not a genius at all. I mean, Russell Wilson threw 17 passes. Well, and real quick, I do think that Seattle is rounding into form. We talk about a lot about how you can't judge a football team based on their September results. Things change over the course of a 17-week season. Just keep, just remember what we do know about Seattle. The offensive line is a problem. The offense in general can be kind of inconsistent based on some of the play calling. Don't overreact to one big win. Thank you for bringing me back to earth because I'm excited. Four and one. Now, I will say money line. Oh, boy, did I take an L with Tampa. You know, if Jameis Winston gets pulled, you know, before the fourth pick, Fitzmagic torched Cincinnati. I'm telling you, the Bengals got that big lead. They have a bye this week coming up. You could tell they were already thinking one, two, three, Cancun in the huddle. Seriously, they punted, I think, on like almost all their final possessions. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals were totally checked out in the second half. Meanwhile, Fitzmagic uh, brought him back. I don't think you can bring Jameis Winston back at starter. There's just no way, right? No, he's not a good quarterback. Like he, Jameis Winston, we talked about this last week, actually, because um, that was my prediction for the money line in week seven. I yes. Thought that, you know, Jameis Winston dropping back equals turnovers. Uh, Ryan and- Fitzpatrick, similar, but I think the... The ceiling is slightly higher with Fitzpatrick, and the floor is about the same. What does it say when there's a 35-year-old journeyman that gives you a better chance to win than your number one pick from a few years ago? That sunk costs are a real thing in the NFL, and just because he's the number one pick doesn't mean you have to keep putting him on the football field. 100,000%, and Lynch, quickly, those interceptions weren't like, oh, maybe he misread it or it was tipped. Those were Bad. That I mean, ten yard pick to the line. Like he threw a pick to a linebacker as if that were a running back in the flat. How I, I, I was and listen. I I gave out the Bucks. I think on Thursday. I loved it. I pulled it out of the super contest like an idiot, and they actually covered in the contest. But uh, Jameis Winston, dude, it's over. That ship has sailed. Quickly on the college football slate went three and two. Last three weeks, it combined 11 and 4. I just want to point this out. So I go to coach my daughter's soccer game, okay? And I see Missouri's up 14-3. I'm like, all right. Yeah, that's great. We could go 4-1 and one again. And I don't know what happened. Producer Conrad, you know, he, he was into that game as well. They choke in the final six minutes, blow the cover, and the game against Kentucky. Uh, listen, Great college football slate coming up this weekend, led by LSU-Bama. We're going to have to talk about that in depth, Lynch, on Thursday. It's just too good of a game to pass up. So, kind of hot on college. I thought it was a great week, Lynch. uh, Overall, we both won money. That's all we care about. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. All right, we're going to dive into the lines for Week 9. They are out. As we've talked about on this podcast before, there's something called a look-ahead line. A week in advance, they put lines out. And now we're seeing some adjustments 
as the week eight games are completed. Let's start with the, one of the biggest adjustments, obviously because of the news of the Hugh Jackson slash Todd Haley firing. The Kansas City Chiefs visit the Cleveland Browns in the fi- last five minutes just now. Greg Williams, the Browns defensive coordinator, you may know him from Bounty Gate. Uh, he's going to be the head coach. So it's going to be Chiefs at Browns. Lynch, I'm seeing eight uh, it looks like an eight and a half now. Um, on the look ahead, however, was this ten and a half? Is that real? It was ten and a half, and not only was it ten and a half on the look ahead, it opened at ten and a half, Kansas City favored, and then came down to eight overnight, even before the news. Uh, which I mean, obviously, the news would have driven it in the other direction, um, which was fascinating to me. I was ready to jump all over the Chiefs at minus eight before yeah. the news. Then I get an alert uh, from. Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport saying that the Browns are reportedly firing Hugh Jackson. And my immediate reaction was swiped up, saw the report, opened my Bovada app and just hammered Chiefs minus eight with a two unit bet. I bet my house. I bet my neighbor's house. I bet the White House on that game. Like I'm just whoa, this whoa, is, really? Yeah, absolutely. Chiefs getting just like okay. Chiefs right, getting just oh. over a touchdown. And now I'm a little concerned. Listen, hold up, hold up, hold up. We need to look at what the Broncos just did on the road in Kansas City. Not only did they cover, right, but they rushed for 189 yards. Philip Lindsay, a rookie, wiry rookie, Devontae Booker, they controlled the clock, kept Mahomes off the field. First of all, I think the Browns have a better defense than the Broncos. And I think their running game can work with Chubb leading the way. My inclination is... I'm going to wait and see, but I wonder if the Browns are have a is there a play on the Browns here? No, I know the DVOA numbers aren't out yet. Can we glean anything from the DVOA numbers before Week Eight's games? I mean, I know Cleveland's a mess, but and I keep coming back to this: the great investor Warren Buffett. When everybody's running away, sometimes it's smart to you go there yourself. Everybody's selling the Browns. Dumpster fire. Oh my gosh, Lincoln Riley should be the next head coach. Is there maybe, let's take a deep breath, is there a play on Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and a defense, maybe a locker room galvanized by getting out Hugh Jackson, one of the worst coaches in the league? Am I crazy? Probably. Uh, <laughs> but if that's, no, but let, let's, let's talk about this. If that is the case, then your play, I think, is probably to wait, wait. as long as possible now, in later in the week, Friday, Saturday, you might start to see some smart money kind of thinking the way that you're thinking. And so maybe Wednesday or Thursday is really when you want to strike. If But this line is going to continue to move. I have to imagine it moves back up to 10, Kansas City being favored by 10. I This is fascinating to me because I was going to ask you, how high would this line have to get for yeah. you to take Cleveland? But it sounds like you're thinking about it at even eight and a half. Yeah, well, I think there's some value at eight and a half. So remember, this is a team at home that can be good, okay? They tied Pittsburgh in the opener at home. I know Tyrod was a quarterback. They beat Baltimore at home, which at the time looked like a good win. Now it doesn't look as great. But when they had expectations, they were playing the Chargers. Remember, we talked that we talked them up. I'm like, I love the Browns here. Browns, Browns. Chargers come in and smash them. Absolutely dismember them. I kind of want, I, I need to wait. But when I take them at eight and a half, no. But I think I'm going to look a little deeper. We'll see what the numbers tell us when they come out on Tuesday. All right, next up, Lynch. The Chargers visit the Seahawks. This is a phenomenal game. I mean, all of a sudden, there's playoff implications. We know Seattle is... 
listen, after that win at Detroit, they're in the mix firmly. They're healthy. They're running the football. They are one-point favorites against the 5-2 and two Chargers coming off a bye. Lynch, any early thoughts on the L.A. Chargers here? Yeah, I think the L.A. Chargers, I said this last week, I think they're a very, very good football team that's probably still underrated. I look at this game very similarly to another game involving an L.A. team, the Rams and the Saints, where Ooh. the Rams opened as one-point favorites. That swung the other side. Now the Saints are one, one-and-a-half-point favorites as we record this in different places. In both instances, I think the Chargers are a are just clearly a better football team than the Seahawks, who are a good team. And I think the Rams are a better football team than the Saints, who are also a very good football team. So in both of those instances, even though both the LA teams are on the road, I like the underdog there. I'll, I'll, I'm kind of leaning in that direction. But here's my thing. My process, that's my gut. And that's what I've seen. Uh, that's what I saw on Sunday combined with the data through seven weeks. But Football Outsiders DVOA comes out on Tuesday afternoon, and that's kind of my my light post that I, I follow as a gambler. So I'm going to wait and see what the numbers say on Tuesday, check what my gut says, and then I'll make my decision. So it, that's that's very important to me is that I, I have a gut feeling about something, but then I have to double check it. I have to look into the numbers. And I can't speak to your gut. I don't know what's in your gut, but I will say this. And, you know, I didn't take a sports psychology uh, class in college or anything, but I do wonder if gut sometimes is based on what we just saw. Sometimes. Now, the Chargers were off, but I will say this. We've been hearing forever, Joey Bosa should return. He ain't coming back this week. That's officially uh, in there. He's not going to be playing. I want to look back to that London game. No Melvin Gordon, right? He sat out injured. How's his status coming off the bye week? Because that's kind of a big deal. They could not run the football well against the Titans in London. They relied on the pass. The Seattle defense, that's going to be a loud scene because they get right back in, in the playoff mix uh, in the NFC if they're able to win this game. All right, let's move on to the next one. This is one I kind of like, and again, this is probably a gut issue. The Houston Texans off a quasi-bye playing Thursday night, and they only played the Miami Dolphins, who stink. They visit, Houston does, the Denver Broncos. Now, this opened up as pick. It's quickly at 2.5, Denver. Lynch, any initial read there on Houston, which is getting hot. Well, I think winners of five straight. Deshaun Watson rounding into form. Have to go to the altitude in Denver. Any initial lean before I, I tell you what, what's on my mind there? Yeah, this is a trap game for me specifically. I said last week I don't have a good read on the Houston Texans. And the biggest mistake that I could make is to say, oh, the Houston Texans are a great football team based on what I saw on Thursday night. And the drive to do that is real. Like, my brain wants me to say that. And I have to fight that. I continue. I'm not sure if this Houston Texans team is as good as we saw on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Denver Broncos, I mean, I'm never going to put money on Vance Joseph. Yes. Uh, so that's kind of my lean on this one. It's, you know, again, just really critically think about how you're analyzing a game if you're going to put some money on it. Well, I remember what you said Thursday. We were both shocked. DVOA had Denver as the fifth best team in the NFL or the fifth highest rated, you know, advanced analytics team. And that was shocking. Okay. Let me just quickly say about Houston. Thursday night, everybody said, oh, Deshaun Watson was great. He had five TDs. And DeAndre Hopkins had that incredible catch that didn't really count. Quick note, Will Fuller injured 
out for the season. Will Fuller is so good with Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not saying that Vance Joseph can scheme DeAndre Hopkins out of that game. But I think Denver has the advantage. And my guess is there's professional money on the Broncos here. Because Houston has to go on the road. Again, Denver in altitude. And the Broncos seem to be figuring things out. Trade deadline is, I believe, Tuesday. A lot of chatter that Demarius Thomas is on his way out. Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, the rookie from SMU, had another really good game. We know that the Texans secondary, not very good. I think I'm going to be on Denver, favored by two and a half. Let's see. I, I don't know about three, but at two and a half, I think I got to go with them. And finally, Lynch, week nine, juicy game. I mean, we could spend an hour on this. Rams, undefeated. Hurtling toward the uh, 72 Dolphins. Is it the 72 Dolphins? Whatever that undefeated team is. The Rams visit the New Orleans Saints. Frankly, I was shocked that the New Orleans Saints are now favored at home by one. You know, zero is not a key number as much as three is. So the line opened at uh, Rams by one. It has swung to Saints now favored by one. Any initial thoughts on Game of the year, part three, or whatever you want to say. Again, this is going to be two of the best offenses in the NFL. The Rams' defense is better than the Saints' defense. If I can get points to take the Rams, all day, every day. But that's my gut, and I'm going to dive into the numbers tomorrow on Tuesday, come to a decision, and then if the numbers back up what I'm seeing, this might be... it's probably a one-unit play for me, but there's a chance that I go one and a half, maybe even two units here. I really like this Rams team. I really, really like this Rams team. I think they're the eventual eventual Super Bowl champions. Saints-Vikings, by the way, Sunday night, right? Everybody watches that game. Oh, Saints are back, Super Bowl. Do you know how badly the stats were for New Orleans in this game? Drew Brees didn't throw for 150 yards, I don't think. They 17 first downs, 270 total yards. They won it on a freaky Adam Thielen fumble that, that swung the game. And then the Stefan Diggs miscommunication with Cousins resulting in a pick six. Uh, listen, uh, the Saints won that game. Everybody's on board. They're tough at home. I'm My initial thought is, listen, um, Todd Gurley is a closer. I love him at the end of games. The dude is just money. I, had I to get don't. That. I had to get that in for Conrad. He laughed. He put his head down. They just handed the ball to Gurley a lot. But I will say this, Lynch, if you look back at that game, at the end, Sean McVay playing for the field goal to go up two. If Ty Montgomery doesn't fumble that kickoff, Aaron Rodgers, we know his history. He goes down and scores. McVay's getting killed today. Personal Mc- message to Todd Gurley. If this line ends up with the Rams being favored by more than a point and they're winning by a point and you have a chance to get into the end zone to cover on the very last play of the game and you do what you did against the Packers, I am going to applaud you because it's the right play. <laughs> uh, so quickly, the Saints defense is rounding into form. Uh, Baltimore couldn't run on them two weeks ago. Latavius Murray could not run on them. Let's see what happens with the Saints. Ooh, that's a t- I'm going to need to look at the numbers. It does feel like a coin flip, does it not? I kind of love this game. We'll definitely get more into it Thursday. Finally, on to one of the worst Monday night football games of the season. The New England Patriots on fire. Healthy again. Gronk is back. Visit the lowly Buffalo Bills. Uh, Line was 14 on this Lynch. It's ticked down to 13 and a half now. We know Buffalo's a disaster. They are a train wreck. But 14 points, 13 and a half, that's a lot in the NFL 
I'll let you go first. First of all, will you be watching this or will you be watching the LeBron Timberwolves game? <laughs> and any thoughts on uh, Patriots Bills? This is why the sports gods gave me multiple televisions, J Mac. Yes. It's it's good to be a sports fan in 2018. Um, did you know that? Buffalo, 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 Buffalo is a grammatically correct sentence in American English. That's about all the Bills have going for them going into this game. According to Football Outsiders DVA, the Bills right now are on pace to be the worst offense in DVOA history going back to 1986. But wait, there's more. (laughs) They are on pace to be the worst team in total DVOA since the 2008 Detroit Lions. I won't blame you if you forgot about that Detroit Lions team, but that 2008 Detroit Lions team went winless. This Buffalo Bills team is historically bad. 13 and a half, less than two touchdowns. Tom Brady against a Bills team that he loves to destroy. My only question is whether this is a half unit or a full unit play. Wow. I, you know, it's just tough for me to back the Patriots here, but I can't put my hard earned money. I don't want to give back winnings backing Derek Anderson. I mean, come on. So, and you never know if Nathan Peterman has to make an appearance. It's over. Just burn the money, light that stuff on fire. Um, I'm going to actually get a little exotic here and give out Bills plus seven and a half first half. Here's the only hope, Lynch. Only hope. They take the opening kickoff, ball control, LaShawn McCoy for four yards and a cloud of dust. They keep Brady off the field, and you just hope, hope that you can get a 10-3 first half. Uh, The defense plays spirited under the lights at home. It can get rowdy at Ralph Wilson Stadium. People jumping through tables in the pregame. If if I had to bet, but to be truthful, I don't know that I I would actually bet on this game, but I'm going to give out. Plus seven and a half, Bills first half. And uh, because, listen, there's no way I could bet on them full game. Yeah, four yards and a cloud of dust. That's what, the Bills first half total <laughs> offense? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, to, just trusting Derek Anderson to come in the back door. No faith at all. I do want to quickly remind you, New England went to Detroit. Detroit ran the football, ran the football, ran the football, uglied it up, and won 26-10. I don't think Buffalo's winning this, but I can see them for a half, you know, 13-6. Maybe there's a tip ball and the Bills get take over and get a field goal out of it. You know, freaky things happen. Uh, that's the only play I would have. So uh, I would go Bills plus 7.5. Lynch, you will let the listeners know, maybe on social media, if you guys are following Lynch, whether or not he's going a half unit or full unit on the Tom Brady-Bill Belichick duo. Yeah, full unit. Let's do it. All right. Lynch, do you think there's any chance, any chance, Patriots get caught looking ahead to Aaron Rodgers, a date at home next Sunday, Aaron Rodgers under the lights? So really what you're asking me is, do I think there's a one in eight chance that they do that? Because the Bills are plus 711 on the money line, meaning you bet $100 to potentially win 700 if they win. No. No chance. No chance. That's what they got. All right. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another podcast in the books. Thank you for listening. Remember, subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends. Listen, we got hot this past week. We hope to keep it going. For Andrew Lynch, I am Jason McIntyre. We will talk to you Thursday.